Welcome to the Special Education Inner Circle Podcast. I'm your host, Katherine Witcher, and I'm excited to dive in with you on an IEP checklist that can make all the difference in making sure your IEP experience is easier. No matter if you are a special needs parent, teacher, admin, or therapist, whatever your role is at the IEP table, this checklist is for you. Now, you can take notes during this podcast, but you can also jump on over to iepchecklist.com and grab your own copy. It's yours. Just go there, look for the box at iepchecklist.com to enter your email. It'll be delivered right to your inbox and it's all yours. So let's go ahead and get started. I have 13 points on this checklist that I've been using for over a decade to help parents and teams really come together collaboratively at the IEP table. So I'm just going to go through these 13 points and give you some tips on how to use these. And of course, go and grab your own copy at iepchecklist.com so you can have it to use to get ready for your next IEP meeting. Now, the first one is, has an IEP meeting been scheduled for a date and time that everyone is available, including a support person for the parent if needed? And if needed is really, yes, you should be bringing a support person to the IEP table if you are a parent. Teams, I don't want you to be intimidated when a parent brings a support person. This is a tough situation to take it all in and participate fully. And yes, it should be scheduled at a date and time that works for everyone. The second point is have draft updates and goals and reports been shared between all team members so nobody is shocked or surprised at the meeting. Now, some of these tips on this checklist are not things that are mandated by IDEA law. Now, I'm not a lawyer. I'm not practicing the law. I often tell you where to look in IDEA law because that's our law that's used here in all states to govern special education. And some of these checkpoints are not mandated, but they sure do make the process easier. So you absolutely can ask for drafts. Now, some districts require drafts of the IEP to be shared, or at least ideas, some summaries to be shared before the meeting. Many districts do not require that, but it's always something that can be done. Parents, you most likely are going to have to ask for this. Teachers, teams, if you're listening, start prepping some draft materials. It will make your IEP meetings go faster and become more collaborative. The third point is, does any further testing or data collection need to happen before the IEP meeting so we can make smart decisions? You know, I always say that you can only make smart decisions if you have good data. I've been doing a lot of research on data. There's going to be more information, more podcasts coming up about data and how to collect it and how to make this process easier. But is there any other information that needs to be collected before the meeting so it's not wasted time? Because if we don't have the information that we need to make good decisions, it's going to be real difficult to have a productive meeting. The fourth one is, is everybody ready to report on the child's present levels of performance in their areas of expertise, including the parent? This is something that needs more focus in an IEP meeting. 
where is the child currently at in all areas, including the home. A lot of times we use the section called the parental concerns or parent educational concerns or parent vision statement. The section is called something different in each one of the IEPs, depending on your, what program your district uses. But there's always a section for parent input. All team members should be bringing baseline information of where the child is at right now, and that includes the parent. What is happening at home? Teams, you need this information so you can make sure what you're doing at school is generalizing into home. Number, what are we on? One, two, three, four, five. Number five, has everyone, including the parent, participated in cre creating meaningful IEP goals for long-term success? Yes, there needs to be collaboration on making sure that we're not just picking random IEP goals that happen to match up with the curriculum, but may not be the best priority for a child. We don't want to be focusing, focusing on just any IEP goal. Our time is limited during those school hours, and we need to make sure we're working on the best of the best goals that are going to have the biggest short-term and long-term impact to prepare a child for further education, employment, and independent living. Now, I want to know, has everyone fully discussed the supports needed in each environment to ensure a child is set up for success? This goes beyond just checking those boxes on that accommodation and modification page. This is an area of an IEP you can check at any time that you don't need to wait for a meeting to really make sure that you're talking about what supports are needed in each classroom because the supports in music are going to be different than the supports in a reading class. And we need to define who's doing what in what classes to make sure the child is fully supported. Also, have all areas of the education experience been addressed, including environments both inside and outside of the classroom. Meaning, I wanna make sure that the child is having access to all areas of the school campus that they need to have access to and that those supports are in place. Again, what happens in the hallway or the office or the library is much different than what happens inside of the classroom. So a lot of times when we're talking about supports, we're thinking about the classroom only, but I need you to think outside of the classroom. This is a super important one. Have all service minutes been reviewed and clearly defined on how they will be used by each provider? What this means is don't make an assumption that just because a child is getting 30 minutes of speech that you know what that 30 minutes of speech looks like. With 20 years of experience of working with parents, I can guarantee that most parents assume that 30 minutes of speech looks more like what speech looks like on the outside of school than what it actually looks like on the inside of school. So if you've gone to a speech therapist in a clinic, you're going to get a much different service delivery model than what you get when you're in the classroom. So let's go through those minutes. And parents, I want you to check with providers. And providers, I want you to make sure that your parents are clear on what you're doing with their students. It really avoids a lot of tension in the future when they assume you were doing one thing as an OT or a PT or a speech when really you were doing something else and you were doing your job. It just wasn't what the parent thought. Now, has data collection been discussed and how will it be shared with the entire team, including the parent? Data, data data. Always talking about data. So you need to clearly define in the IEP document what data is going to be collected who's going to be collecting it, and how is it going to be shared with everyone?
We also need to know, has a home to school communication plan been put in place? And yes, you can have that inside of the IEP. So what is the most important information that needs to go between home and school on a regular basis? A home to school communication plan does not need to be something generic about, you know, if a child ate their lunch that day and did they have happy faces or sad faces. So you have to really work together and figure out what information is meaningful so it is worth the time and effort that's put in by the teacher to create that home to school communication plan and for the parent to read it and to really use that information to help connect with their child after school. Has assistive technology or standard technology been discussed? This is so big and it's been left out too many times. So technology is in all of our schools right now. And a lot of times our special education classrooms are being left out of the technology um, access or um, advancement that's happening inside of the school. And then we also have assistive technology. Is there anything high tech or low tech that we could be using technology for to modify a child's access to their curriculum and improve their experience? I also want to know, has the child's schedule for a typical school day been examined to ensure it is as simple as possible with minimum transitions? This is a big one. Again, this is one of those checkpoints on this checklist that it's not mandated. This isn't something that's based in the law. This is something that's based in experience of a lot of times we fill up this paperwork with so many supports and goals and action steps that we forget what it really feels like to be the student in that day. And a lot of times our plans fall apart, not because they weren't good, but because they were implemented in a really complicated way. So we have to go back and review, especially if things are falling apart, of what does the child's day really look like? And here's the last one. Has the child participated in the IEP process to the best of their ability, including choosing their own rewards and motivators? So can we get the student involved in a better way to ensure that their voice is being heard. Self-advocacy is so important. It is possible at every age, at every level, for a child to have their preferences put into the IEP. You know, we might have a student who actually attends their IEP meeting, but many students will never attend their IEP meetings and they need to participate in a different way. So let's get creative and really dig into how we can help every child have a voice in their own education. If you are ready to go and download this, hop on over to iepchecklist.com so you can go through this list and start to think outside the box of what is mandated and start really working on IEPs for the real world and what it really takes to work together as a team, to be collaborative, to communicate, to build an inclusive community and to move a child's education forward and see these small wins turn into big wins and build the momentum in a child's school day so we can see progress like we've never seen before. And it starts here with these 13 checkpoints to make sure that we're not leaving any stone unturned when it comes to developing their program. All right, guys, I'll see you over at iepchecklist.com. See you later.